we've been looking at the Gospel of John, and we've been looking at ch places where Jesus made disciples and actually instructed his people about disciple-making. Um, and he, it was like he was building his kingdom from the ground up, starting uh, with people and, and finishing those projects. Um, some of the young adults in our church have been uh, doing some of their own building projects, and some of us medium-sized old-aged adults have been doing... Uh, projects, and I've been talking to some of our older adults who have been, is that a truth about the universe? That we all have summer projects? That wherever we live, there's always something that needs to be fixed? Wherever we are, there's always something else to be done? Is that kind of just maybe one of these universal things that no matter where we are, how old we get, there's a summer project? Glass block windows. I'm working on those in the basement. And when I say I work at working on it, I mean my neighbor, I'm giving him money and he's working on it. But I ordered the things and went and picked them up from, from one of those Lowe's or something, right? Um, we've got these home projects. We have these things to, to, to get. And some of you all are very ambitious. I'm always amazed that people are like, well, we're laying a new tile floor. Oh, well, we've decided we've never done that before, but we're just going to figure out how to do it. Or, hey, I know what we're going to do. We're going to paint the whole, you know, I, I'm thinking, that's incredible. I'm so afraid. Now, on a mission trip or a mission project, I don't mind because it's somebody else's place. <laughs> but when it's my home, I, you know, I want it to be done right. I, I, I worry about it. And maybe you have these questions. Where do I even start? Well, Google probably. <laughs> where, do I, where do I learn how to do this? What's the best way? Because it looks so simple. But any of you who have tried these projects, right, you, you get in over your head really quick. So who can advise me? Where do I get the right information? Do I have enough strength to finish the task? Do I have enough ability to get the job done? That's one of my big worries, right? Do I have enough ability, enough strength, enough know-how? I don't want to get in there and get halfway done. Do I have enough money to finish? Am I just opening a gigantic can of worms? Is anybody resonating with, is anybody halfway done with your project? I'm one out of five windows. I'm one out of five. Okay, my neighbor's one out of five, but we already have a problem with number two. I mean, it's already there. Okay, Jesus gave us a lifelong project, his lifetime project. Look what it says. In John 14, Jesus is speaking right before he goes, on that last night before he goes to the cross, he's speaking to his disciples, and he says, look, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. You've heard the things I've been teaching. You've been with me for three years. You are truly my disciples. So if you love me, just do all the stuff I taught you. Just, just keep my commandments. If you love me, keep, it seems so simple, right? Well, all right, I'm in. I want to follow Jesus. I love God. I want to love you. Okay, I'm just going to keep the commandments. Do those questions start popping up? Which ones? Who's going to advise me? Do I have enough strength to get through it? Can I get all of it? All of a sudden, those same questions start popping into my mind. Can I actually get this? It seems so simple, and yet, i got to be honest, I've been a Christian a long time, and there's a lot of things that Jesus taught me to do, and there's a lot of things I haven't learned how to do, and there's a lot of new situations that I don't know which way to go, and I'm not sure that his commandments speak to every... Jesus didn't have the internet. What do you do about the internet? Jesus didn't have online bill pay. Jesus didn't have, I mean, there are so many things that I'm still, he didn't have a, a democracy political system. How am I supposed to interact in this world? What am I supposed to do? How do I keep and know all of his commandments? I'm already overwhelmed, just like I am with the summer projects. Anybody else feeling overwhelmed? Like, now we got this. I don't got this. I'm not telling you, I don't got this. But here's the truth that I think the Lord wants us to know. 
you're not alone. Jesus wanted his disciples to know they are not alone. In this journey of loving him, of keeping his commandments, of this journey of bringing glory to God and glory to his son, we are not alone. We don't have to figure this out on our own. Look at what Jesus says exactly in the verse immediately following verse 15. He says this, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate or another counselor, someone to help you and to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Someone who is on your side. Someone who is there for you. Someone who will be with you. And who is this? It's the Holy Spirit. He calls him here in verse 17, the spirit of truth. The, the Greek word here is parakletos. One that's like called alongside to help is literally the meaning. It, it's often translated intercessor or helper or counselor or advocate. But it's someone that's on your side. Someone who's there to give you aid, to give you a hand. Now, it's another counselor or another paraclete. It's another advocate. Why? Well, because Jesus himself is on our side. The scripture says, if he is for us, who can be against us? Talking about God. But talk about the whole Jesus himself he is the one who gave himself to die for our sins who came to be our one who interceded between God and man that single mediator the one to rescue us from our sins and our captivity to bondage Jesus absolutely is on our side Jesus absolutely is not only the one who helps us but he is our savior but he says another paraclete another counselor another one who would come along our side and for our young guys who are listening, uh, we played soccer the other night. I'm not going to tell you who scored the most goals um, <clears throat> on our Friday night youth night. I'm not going to tell you who. I know I couldn't believe it. It was a miracle. Uh, but, but, and I always think of paraclete as like the paracletes that we put on and then you take them off, right? right? But that's, that, that's how I remember the word. But it's, not a, but it's one who is literally called alongside us, who helped us. I think God helped me on that soccer. You know, I didn't sprain an ankle, break a bone, or just flat out die. But I'll tell you, God has given us a different kind of helper that comes alongside. Look at what it says about him. The spirit of truth, verse 17, the world cannot accept him. Because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he lives in you, and he will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Jesus is saying he is ultimately coming back, but even now we are not left alone. We are not abandoned. The Holy Spirit is with us. Now listen to what it says. The world doesn't understand him. The world doesn't know him. The world can't see his movement. But for us, as God's children, we know. Why? Well, because those of us who are believers, you've had that experience with the Holy Spirit. Very clearly, you've had that conviction of the Holy Spirit. You know when the Spirit is speaking. You, now, sometimes it can be confusing. Is that God or is that just me? Like, do I just have a tummy ache or something? Is that God or is that, you know, just my own desires? And, and sometimes it can be confusing. But the more that it lines up with God, the more that it just seems like, no, I know that it is in His will, that it's just the Lord saying, no, don't go this way, or yes, this is for you, that there's those moments when we just know. We just know. In Ephesians, the Apostle Paul says it this way, having believed you were marked in him with a seal. 
the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until uh, the day of Christ Jesus. For those who are believers, you are marked with a seal. In Romans chapter 8, Paul says, if anyone doesn't have the Spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to Christ. The Holy Spirit is with every believer. And there are three things I think that Jesus wants you to know. There are really probably six, but I made it into a combo three because you can do a six-point sermon. It'll never work. All right, number one, here it is. The Holy Spirit teaches us and reminds us of all that Christ has taught us. He's continually teaching, continually reminding us, bringing us back to the things that God, Jesus taught us. He, it's, that, it's that voice in the ear. I read the Isaiah this morning where it's like a voice, like, that voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Listen to how Jesus says it in John 14. All of this I have spoken to you. All of these is. All of it. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. I don't need to give you tons of examples. You know it. It's when that scripture is called into mind, right? And you just know this is where Jesus has for me to go. Or, 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 or that scripture verse, that, it, just, it just sticks with you. And you know this is it. Okay. I, I kind of got talked into something. Some of you all here who will remain nameless um, <clears throat> have decided to be election judges and decided that I also have Tuesday of election day open and why shouldn't I also be an election judge? <clears throat> I went to election judge training um, the other week. Um, I'm going to be one of those guys, you know, that sits behind the table, registers people, gets you make sure you're able to vote and all of these things, helping people vote. It seems like a noble and good task, right? And I think, how hard can this be? How hard can this be to be an election judge? Well, I went to my training the other night. Uh, Sarah Dotson was there, not mentioning names. Um, but I went to my training the other night of these people that talked me into being this election judge. And they began to describe all of the things that we have to do. Now, my first question was, does everybody have to now call me your honor? Apparently, that, that, that's not it. Um, that doesn't apply to election judges. Um, I thought, well, you know, you, the other judges get your honor, or, you know, but no. Um, they begin to rattle off all of these acronyms and things. Well, this is a such and such, and run this machine and do this, and, and they're describing all of these things, and we're all sitting there going, I have no idea what you're, how am I going to remember all of these things? I don't even know what's going to happen. And so one person, is there like a manual? Oh yes, there's a manual. You thought the Bible was thick? There's a manual about how to do this. And it's like this gigantic thing. It is so thick. And I'm thinking, how, well, you've got the manual. I mean, I'm so glad that God did not just leave us with his word. Because I need some guidance here. I need someone to point me to the right page. I need someone to help me out. They're like, oh, your chief justice will be able to do it. I'm thinking, I don't know. How does he remember? I've heard a brand new chief justice. didn't even know he was going to be a chief justice. Not mentioning Alex. How does he know everything he's supposed to remember? I don't know how this is going down, people. I hope it works out. I hope everybody, I'm, I'm going to study. I'm going to be ready. I'm a little nervous. The God did not leave us as orphans. The Holy Spirit is here to teach us all things, to guide us into all truth. He's not going to lead you into some place that's contrary to what Jesus taught. He's not going to lead you to some place that is, is against God's word. He's never going to direct you in some way that is contrary to what God has shown us in his word. But he does remind us. He does teach us all things. Number two, 
we got to realize that the Holy Spirit enables and empowers his people. Enables and empowers his people. We are not doing this on our own. Look at verse 26. When the advocate comes, whom I will send from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out, into, out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you must also testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. Notice this in John 15. This idea that the Holy Spirit is doing this testifying. The Holy Spirit is bringing glory to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is bringing conviction. The Holy Spirit is doing the work of bringing people to Christ. But he's also given us that same job of testifying about the truth of Jesus Christ. This is one of those places where we have that great commission to go make disciples. And in part of that is proclaiming the good news of Jesus. And so many of us as Christians go... Isn't that what the evangelist people are for? Isn't that what someone else is for? It's kind of like, uh, that telling somebody about Jesus becomes that uneasy place. Where it's, that, it's that part of that Christian call that maybe we're not, we know we're supposed to, but isn't that for somebody else? I mean, I'm just going to live a good example of a life and let the Holy Spirit like, do the testifying. Maybe it's really hard for me. Brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us the words. The Holy Spirit is testifying about Jesus. The Holy Spirit helps us as, we op as, as he opens the door and we proclaim about Jesus. The Holy Spirit actually helps us in those conversations. The Apostle Paul says this. In fact, look, it says, I pray in the Spirit, he says in Ephesians 6, verse 18. I pray in the Spirit on all occasions. He's talking about the Holy Spirit guiding his prayers. He says, then pray for me also that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I might fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. This is the Apostle Paul. Right? This is one who was trained by the rabbi Gamaliel. This is the one who was a teacher in Israel. This is the one who fearlessly was out there persecuting Christians at first. This is one that had no problem telling what he thought, telling what he believed, and telling about God. This is one who did that professionally. And he's saying, I need the Holy Spirit. There is no way I'm going to have the right words. Words need to be given to me that I might fearlessly make known. Boy, the, the courage needs to be brought up. This is one who knew that if often he got, in fact, he's writing from prison, he's often getting thrown in prison. He's often getting uh, persecuted or stoned or hurt um, because of his words about Jesus. He said, I need the help of the Holy Spirit. I put an interesting little star. Anybody recognize that one? It became the symbol for our Baptist collegiate work. It always somehow comes back to college stuff with me. You guys know that by now. Um, that was the symbol for the Baptist collegiate work. And, so, and it, it's really an interesting symbol because it has to do with those arrows. Because the idea was discipleship is inward. That the God is working in our lives and using things. And there's arrows pointing in. And those are in between the arrows pointing out. Because the Holy Spirit also then enables us to do the work outwardly that God has called us to do. The Holy Spirit enables us to do this incredible task of proclaiming Jesus. But don't miss it. The Holy Spirit is also working on us inwardly to change our character, to conform us to the image of our Son. I, I'm telling you, I don't think I have enough willpower to become the person I'm supposed to be. I don't think I have enough wisdom to become the... I don't think I could read enough books, study enough, go to enough classes. In fact, I teach philosophy. The more I study, the more I get confused. There's enough different opinions. 
but instead the Holy Spirit is the one who is transforming us from the inside out. Look what it says in Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit. Now notice, it's not just something you produced, it was the fruit of the Spirit. It's God's work in our life that's giving us love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. I need the Holy Spirit. The world is depressing enough. I have a personality that gets down on about everything anyway. I can sit there and just be all mopey all the time. I need the Holy Spirit to be the one that brings out joy. You give me joy down in my heart. You give me joy deep in my soul. I need the Holy Spirit to help me be patient when I just want to blow up. I need the Holy Spirit to help me be gentle and kind with those that I just want to like... Mm, really show them their fault. I need the Holy Spirit to help me be generous and good when, quite frankly, I don't want to be bothered. I need the Holy Spirit in my life. Are you relying on the Holy Spirit's strength? Are you trying to do all of this on your own? You were not created. You are not called. And you cannot do it on your own. In John 16, Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. I, I, if I were the disciples right then, I would be like, <clears throat> Jesus, that sounds like one of those moments when people are like saying, you know, it's really for your good that I'm going to like um, keep all my money and not help you. It's really for your good that I'm going to be, you know. It, this sounds like one of those statements like, Jesus, how in the world could it be good if you aren't here? You are our leader. You are our teacher. You are the Messiah. We need you to be king. We need you to stay forever. We need you to reign. Jesus, how could it be good? And Jesus tells us, because unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. The Holy Spirit comes so that each of us, in every situation, in every place in the world, through every generation, can have the Lord's presence right here with us, guiding us, being on our team. And we need Jesus, and we need his Holy Spirit to be our empowerment and be on our team. I don't know if you've ever done any team sports. Sometimes we go with too many sports analogies. How about this? Have you ever done like team cooking contests? You know, the chili cook-off or the, the bake-off or something like that. And you were going to do it collectively. Anybody do this? Maybe we need to have a church bake-off or something soon. I'll tell you who I want on my team. Have you heard of Linda? Linda Skeens? Did you hear about her this week? Anybody know Linda Skeens? Well, let me tell you about Linda Skeens. Uh, Linda Skeens in the Virginia, Kentucky District um, Fair, just, just, just this last week. And I don't know if it was last week or a week or so ago. Um, this was in the news this week. Um, she basically, uh, just letting you know, cakes, she won first prize. I want her on my team. Also, pies, she won first place. Cookies, she won first, second, and third place. <clears throat> Brownies. You got it, first place. She also won first, second, third place in savory bread. Uh, first place went to Linda Skeens for sweet bread. And candy, you got it, first, second, and third place. Linda Skeens swept the county fair. <clears throat> this is not up there, but she also won first place in canned tomatoes, canned corn, pickles, peppers, sauerkraut, relish, spaghetti sauce, jellies, and jams, as well as quilt embroidery. 
want Linda Skeens on my team. She, wouldn't you for the bake-off? Wouldn't you for the cookout? Don't you want her? I mean, this lady went, all of a sudden it went viral. People are writing and trying to track her down on Facebook. Some poor lady in, in Blacksburg, West Virginia with the same name was getting bombarded. She said, I've met people from all over the world. I'm not the person who won all the awards. I can't cook, but she, I'm very popular now. Um, people are like, we're writing songs about her that were on the internet. People were writing songs about this lady. She has no cell phone, no Instagram, no Facebook. No one can find her. Finally, her granddaughter said, oh, that's just Meemaw. She loves to cook. She cooks for us and the family, and there's never any leftovers. She's a great, yeah. She just loves cooking. She loves her church. She loves her people. But she's like, oh, this is sweet that everybody's excited about my food. If you want to meet her, you got to go to the county fair next time. Brothers and sisters, <clears throat> I don't know if you've, uh, <clears throat> you haven't heard of Linda Skeens, but have you heard of Dick Gobley? You go by his house, it's the same thing, by the way. There, there are so many county fair awards that, I mean, it's like pulling stuff off the wall uh, over there. So those are actually his. Those are, those are, those are on his wall. Um, so we've got our very own, uh, Linda, or maybe uh, Linda Schemes is the world's version of Dick Gobley. I don't know. We, we, whoever came first, I don't know, Dick. Thank you for showing me all of that this week. Um, well, this is how we are about, like, oh, I want someone to be on my team. Brothers and sisters, why are we so impressed with that? and not impressed with all that the Holy Spirit brings. Okay, maybe the Holy Spirit's not going to help you make pickled relish, but the Holy Spirit's going to transform our character and our life. I need Jesus, His Spirit, in my life, giving me strength and guidance daily. I need His power to help me speak this sermon or to, to share Jesus with, with the neighbor. I, I need Jesus' Spirit to move in me, to give me patience, and to be a better husband, to be a better father, to be a better... I need the Lord Spirit in my life. In John 16 it says, when he comes, he will prove that the world is wrong or bring conviction in the world about sin, about righteousness and judgment. Those three things. Why? Well, he explains it. Because about sin, people don't believe in me. And let's face fact, in this world, people do not believe they even have sin, much less need a Savior. The only way this is coming about, the only way trans uh, transformation and salvation will come about is if the Holy Spirit works in a heart and says, no, you have transgressed. No, you have denied the Savior. No, you only the Holy Spirit will convict about sin and about righteousness. We don't have Jesus living among us. You've heard the stories. You've read in John. You've been reading the Gospels. When Jesus walked among the people, he was exposing their unrighteousness from the religious leaders to the thief on the cross. He was exposing unrighteousness. It says about righteousness, the next verse, about righteousness, because you can see me no longer. We don't have Jesus right there walking amongst the people, but the Holy Spirit is there bringing about the conviction about what is right. And finally, about judgment, because the prince of this world stands condemned. The theories, the beliefs, the kingdoms of this world, they're not right. Jesus' Spirit exposes the truth. He guides us into all truth. And finally, the Holy Spirit guides us, not just about what to do, but literally guides our steps, literally shows us where to go, and he glorifies Jesus in our midst. Look at what Jesus said in John 16. I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear. <clears throat> 
See, that's how we know Jesus was a preacher. Uh, he was also giving sermons, and he also knew that there's a point where they can't bear anymore. I, don't, I feel like that's me sometimes. I have much more to say to you on this subject, more than you can bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Jesus guides us. Jesus leads us through his Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit takes from Jesus and gives to us. Finally, in verse 14, it says, and he will glorify me because it is from me that we will receive what, what, what he will make known. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me and what he will make it known to you. That's why we don't come and we don't worship the Holy Spirit. We do. We worship the God, but we are always glorifying Jesus. Our words are about Jesus because the Holy Spirit points to Jesus. The Holy Spirit leads us to, to put the Messiah as first in our, our hearts because God has exalted the King. So we ask, Holy Spirit, come and help us. Holy Spirit, glorify your, the Son in our midst. Glorify Jesus. All that belongs to the Father is mine, Jesus said. He is the heir. He is the Messiah King. So it brings us to our church. Where are we going? What are we supposed to do next? Where will we get the strength and the resources that we need? Many of you know that we've been looking and, 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 and looking for director of outreaches and directors of discipleships, and we've been narrowing in on two candidates. And in the newsletter this week, we announced that, hey, next week we have a candidate coming. This week, that candidate said, actually, as I've been praying and praying, I don't think this is the right spot. I got to be honest. In my gut, I'm just like, you got to be kidding. This, it seems so perfect. Everything seems exactly right. I'm just so, I, 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 the committee's all like, absolutely, let's go. This is great. But you know what? If it's the Holy Spirit's leading, then it's the right thing. I am thankful that we were looking at people that are sensitive to the guidance of the Holy Spirit because only the Holy Spirit is going to lead us in the right way. Holy Spirit, guide us as a church. Guide us as individuals. But you and you alone are our strength. So today, as disciples of Jesus Christ, the question is very simple. Are we as a church leading the Spirit-filled life? Are we leading a life that is yielded to the Lord's Spirit? Well, you can only yield, have a life that is yielded to the Lord's Spirit. We can only do that collectively if we're doing that individually. Are you saying, yes, Lord, have your way in me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Now, some of you, just, just to be clear, you can't actually pray that prayer. Some of you cannot ask the Holy Spirit to fill you up and to lead you and guide you. The reason is because you're not yet a follower of Jesus. Remember, having believed, you were marked in him with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. You first come to Jesus and say, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. The Holy Spirit comes and marks us as a seal. The Holy Spirit comes into the life of the believer. The, it, like we talked about last week, that regeneration, that being born again. For some of you, maybe, maybe you're watching online, maybe you're here today, but you need to say yes to Jesus. Forgive me for my sins. Be my Savior. For those of us who are believers, you can't be filled with the Holy Spirit, be yielded to the Holy Spirit, and holding on to your own ways, your own life, your own sin. In quietness and repentance is your strength. That's what the Lord said in Isaiah. He's talking about turning back to the Lord and asking the Holy Spirit 
to fill you. So today the altar is open. Maybe you're wanting to make a, a decision for Jesus Christ. Maybe you're just right where you're sitting. Maybe up here you want to say, Jesus, come into my life, forgive me. Or maybe you're a believer and you're to say, Holy Spirit, fill me again. Jesus, have your way in me again. I want you to be the center of my life again. You respond how the Lord is calling you. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit or say no. But as the scripture says, yes, Lord, walking in the ways of your truth, we wait for you because your name and your renown are the desire of our hearts. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your Holy Spirit. Thank you that you haven't left us alone. Thank you that you have given us everything we need. Father, I ask that you would even take this time and continually make it wholly yours. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Savior and King. Amen.